Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bay has done it again. I'm Kent Garrison. I'm Brian Gill. And I'm Richard Barnes. And this is Mad About Movies. You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Mad About Movies is your go-to podcast for all things concerning the world of cinema. We give you movie news, movie rumors, and movie rumblings. All in the first half of the show, in the second half of the show, we will discuss our chosen movie of the week. Don't worry, we will warn you before going into spoiler territory. At the end of the show, make sure you stick around for our weekly recommends, in which we give you something that you need to check out ASAP. And don't forget to check out the show on the website at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Richard, this week's movie of the week is what? Transformers 13, Age of Empire. Bring it up. All the way. You guys have never seen a truck like this before. Dad, you can't keep spending money on junk. I don't think it's a truck at all. I think we just found a Transformer. Is that not it? What is it? I mean, Age of Extinction, but really, who cares? It's Yeah, you're, you're right. That's fine. Okay. Guys... I honestly don't even know where to start with this episode. I have I just I have one question before we get start. Okay. Get started and I'm I you have to pick one, okay? Mm. And I got this from Stephen Colbert. I already hate this. And you have to pick one of these two, okay? Transformers 4. Great movie or greatest movie? <laughs> pick one. Well, since Tammy has come out since then, I got to go with I got to go with Tammy. I mean, yeah. but so it was the greatest movie for about four days. So yeah. now it's just great movie. So I'm going to put you down. Kent Garrison, Transformers <laughs> for a great movie. Okay. Yes. I got you down here. <laughs> did you guys ever, did you guys ever see that when Colbert used to do that with uh, senators? I don't yeah. know if he does it with Obama anymore, but he used to uh, interview very liberal senators or congressmen mm-hmm. when Bush was president and he would go, all right, first question, George W. Bush, great president or greatest president? And they would be like, well, and he goes, you have to pick one. They'd go, great, great then? And he'd go, okay, I'll put you down for great. <laughs> Such a funny bit. You don't like Colbert, Brian? I love it. I think it's hilarious. Okay. I just don't watch it. You know, oh, okay. All I don't right. have time for every show. Yeah, that's true. I got to watch Grimm and <laughs> Castle and Big stuff. Bang Theory. Yeah. Well, you watch Castle? You buried the oh, lead there. Oh, my gosh. It's... I started, it was one of my like summer catch ups. Every summer I'll watch at least one new show that I've never seen before, you know, or like I'm going to watch Sons of Anarchy here in a little bit just to get ready for the last season. Some kind, something to, to binge through, right? And uh, one year I did Castle. And so then I watched it the next season it was on. And, and that's like, I don't know, four years ago. <laughs> and it's terrible. And I, but I can't. I can't stop and I don't like watching it and I really hope that it gets canceled every single fall and it doesn't. And uh, I don't know, one of these days you guys are just going to, I'm just going to kill myself and I'm just going to write because of castle across my chest. You know, uh, <laughs> there's these shows on reality TV that are like, you know, the hoarder shows. Yeah. Yes. We yes. need one of these for you. That's called I completest. I know it's, and it's just going to be you watching episodes of castle Yes, and like downloading like recent, Dave Matthews albums and being like, <laughs> I want to kill myself, but I can't stop. And yeah. uh, I'm excited. I'm excited it's for the show. It's I'm going to pitch it to a and I'm going to yeah. try really hard to not pass this on to my child because I, my life would be so much better. And we'll talk about it more as we get into this, but I, I can't, I just can't quit on something. And, and it's the same with these movies. If, if I know I'm going to see a sequel, I have to watch all of the other ones beforehand. So it's it's a bad it's a bad thing, honestly. I probably need to look into some help. 
Yeah. yeah. So you went back and watched yeah. all save three. It. Pr- uh, save it. Just save it. <laughs> I don't want to do a regular movie news segment, guys, because I feel like this movie, this conversation is going to be one that spans the entire movie industry. This this movie really made me want to reevaluate my life. <laughs> like, I'm sitting in that theater with the with the ticket stub to Age of Extinction, just looking at it, thinking to myself, "It's like, why why do I do this? Yes, <laughs> what what am I doing with my life right now?" It was like a 10 p.m. showing, which, by the way, horrible idea, just just torturous idea. Uh- I did the and, 180 of that. I went at 10 in the morning. So. Oh, no. Also yeah, awful. Yeah. There's <laughs> so, a sweet spot like right after nap time when this could could be okay or right before nap time perhaps. But, or hopefully uh, during. Yeah, yeah. So you're saying this movie could be okay, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> I mean – Got you down. Thanks. <laughs> Put that on the poster. <laughs> I have I have four words for uh, to start this conversation. <laughs> Biggest movie opening of the year so far. <laughs> How does that make you feel? I, it, it's tough, man. It's tough because this has been a pretty decent year for movies. Better than we thought it was going to be, I would say. Uh, and and uh, it's sad. It's not good that this is the biggest movie of the year. It, it, it definitely has set our species back uh, by a decade or so. At least a decade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just don't get – I mean, I get, I get why people would see this movie, but I just don't see why there was such hype about it. Mm-hmm. Like after the first day, the word didn't spread like, no, 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 don't, don't. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like it continued on through the weekend, and even yesterday, Monday, Tuesday, it was still making a ton of money. And yeah. Well, I'm there's rumors that, that those numbers might be a little inflated though. Really? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. They they're they're being accused by other studios of uh that it it made what a hundred million according to Paramount in the open is it Paramount? Yes. Whoever, yes. Yes. Whoever it is, they said it was a hundred million this weekend and everyone's saying it was actually more like eighty five. Okay. So, so they're inflating a little bit. So the the world is not as bad as we thought. I wonder how they could account for fifteen million dollars of unaccounted money. Do you know? I wonder what's behind that. Like, what's the, what's the strategy to inflate a movie? Do they because... is it a pre-sale? Do they take that into account or something? Do they count like oh yeah pre-screenings or something? Do they count those as as ticket sales for a first weekend? Something like that. You know what I mean? I think it's just to get the hype going. I'm pretty sure they're being accused of just flat out lying. Okay, right. Well, that makes sense, and <laughs> I don't put it past Michael Bay at all to inflate this movie. And speaking of inflation. The most offensive part of this, before we get into the uh, the full review here, uh, I want to have a discussion regarding 165 minutes. Mm. <laughs> it's the – I'm almost speechless on that. I'm sorry. Like when you told us last week that it was 165 minutes, I think Richard and I both really Ground. legitimately thought about quitting. Like this yeah. is – this does not – there is no reason – in the world that a movie about giant fighting robots needs to be longer really than 90 minutes, but two hours at the absolute max. How long was Pacific Rim? Do we know off the, I, I think it know, was, I guess I should look it up. You should look it up. Yeah. It was, it wasn't near this, not even close. It was maybe just over two hours, two hours, five minutes. Okay. I'll take a guess. 
one thirty two total. So two hours. Uh, yeah, and, two hours ten minutes. Yeah. which is st- honestly is too long. But but not hundred and six. So this is thirty <laughs> minutes longer, guys. <laughs> It didn't feel like it, though. I mean, it just breezed along. <laughs> yeah, it was – when I sat down at – At least the last morning, act is nice and tight. Gosh, jeez. When I sat down at 10 I say that by morning, uh, speculation. I, I wouldn't be out until well after lunchtime. It, you're right, Kent. It was, it was a moment of considering what I'm doing with my life. It's mm, bad, bad, bad. I just don't understand a studio that would say, yeah, go for it. You know, they didn't make Michael Bay cut this thing down cash, to, to two hours. Like, it's going to make the same amount. Probably <laughs> more money if it wasn't two and a half hours. There were probably so many people that, like, looked in the paper or looked online to see if they wanted to come see this. Like, oh, nope, two and a half. Can't do it. Kid won't make it through. You know, something <laughs> like that. Yeah. I, I would love to know how much uh, sway Michael Bay has with whatever studio he's working with because – it would seem that he's he he has the kind of personality where it would not surprise if he's just like, oh, you don't want to let me do what I do? Okay, then I'm I'm just not going to do it. Screw you guys. I'm not going to do it. You know, because they they're making so much stinking money off of these movies. I guess he just gets to do whatever he wants. Because uh, surely there was somebody around, somebody along in the process saying, dude, seriously, trim an hour off of this. Like, there's yeah. n- uh, there's nothing would be missed by cutting out eight characters. And 60 minutes of runtime. Nothing. Right. I have a sort of... I've made this explanation in my head. It's the only really logical explanation I can that I can uh, give for this. 165 minutes. Let's say 155 is involves Transformers themselves. So they, how much money do they spend on this movie? $255 million? $210 million. $210 million is what I see here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can't cut out a scene that thousands of people worked on for for a year and a half yeah. and that you spent $20 million on. You That's know, true. it's like, well, we, it's too late now. I mean, it's like um, episode, episode one, The Phantom Menace. George Lucas made the movie, edited it all together, and then went into a theater, sat down and watched it. Uh, this doesn't work at all. <laughs> It's too. It's too late now. I can't cut anything out because yeah, we've true. gone. We've, once we've gone this far, there's really no turning back. So it's it's sort of like a Pixar movie. They spend three years on a script just so they don't have to go back and they can't because they can't change anything once it's animated. I feel the same way about this. They spent so much, invested so much into it. Like, how would you feel if you were an ILM animator <laughs> and you spent eight months animating a? <laughs> A CGI robot dinosaur, <laughs> and it just gets cut out of the movie. I, I just can't imagine that, and it's just no telling what stuff they did cut out, because there were probably cuts that were made to this. Gosh. But I'm under the impression that there, were also, there was also stuff added that wasn't in the original cut, that the original cut was so bad that they're like, okay, we need to do reshoots and just add stuff just to explain things, why oh. things are the way they are. Do you know what I'm oh. referring to? They, if, they, if, that, if that happened, they still missed the mark by a wide margin because that's one of my biggest complaints about, about this entire thing is the complete lack of a cohesive story sure. and, and narrative structure. Sure. And that's what I go to the Transformer films for. <laughs> that was the disappointment. <laughs> so we're both in uh, – 
well, actually two of us, spent uh, 165 minutes in the theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Richard, how long did you make it? Eh, a good 55. No. <laughs> so 165, I probably did. I capped out about 10 minutes into the final act. So I probably did about 120, 130. I gave it two hours. Yeah. So okay. a normal amount of time that yeah. one should should give to this sort of movie. Yeah. Sure. Two of us in 165. Richard <laughs> Richard made it two hours, which surprises me. Yeah. I, I figured I, you would be out in the first Honestly, act. it was the main reason I stayed was just to confound both of you. <laughs> Like they, I, it was honestly went through my head several times. Like they expect me to leave after twenty minutes. I'm gonna stick this out, and that uh, was not worth it for the up the high ground. The moral high ground was not worth it. You don't know how it ended, though. I mean, it yeah. just comes all together in the third act. I mean, that it just. I'll, I'll spend the rest of my days wondering. Yeah. <laughs> so Brian and I, we we actually did. We marathon this thing, and I'm not I'm not joking with you. It took every ounce. A willpower yeah. for me to sit, to sit my butt in that theater. <laughs> yeah, I, had a, I ate a power bar at about uh, 105 minutes to try to to push through the last the back half of the marathon. Yeah, just douse myself in water, just trying anything I could to stay alive, stay alive in there. <laughs> yeah, I went to a I went to a 10 o'clock screening, and I'm not kidding. I looked down at my at my phone for the time. <laughs> it was almost 1 a.m. Oh, yeah. And yeah. the movie was still going. I'm like, what yeah. is happening right now? Uh, but so we, we saw 165 minutes, Brian. And I want to ask you this question. <laughs> and I'm dead serious when I ask you this. Yeah. What was the movie about? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's <laughs> so that's the worst part. I was trying to explain to my wife, like why it was so bad. and 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 a big part of it is that. Clearly, in Michael Bay's head, there's this grand mythology at work here within the the Transformers universe that uh, we don't know anything about and still don't know anything about, even though I think it's a big part of this movie. There is a lot of guesswork to be done if you want to understand what's happening on the screen. I get how these movies get made. I get I sort of understand how they get to 165 minutes long. I don't understand how it passes through a thousand people and nobody says, uh, Mike, none of this makes any sense to anybody. <laughs> like this is not a – this doesn't work. Don't call all. me Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All the payoff in the last uh, you know 30 minutes or so is not earned at all because we don't have – it. We, we don't know. We don't understand – why it's a big deal that Optimus Prime somehow I don't I guess we don't want to go into spoilers yet but it, it none of it makes any sense so to your point Kent I have I don't really anything that I think anybody who can tell you what this is, movie is about really and truly beyond just it's you know monster or it's uh, robots blowing each other up I think they're they're guessing like they're they're it's right. guesswork to figure out what what is happening here I I totally agree and I was I'm not kidding guys we. Us three are movie critics. We do this pretty much professionally at this point. You know, we watch so many films. We know how to how to look at a movie, how to get plot points, how to distinguish between acts, everything. I paid so much attention to this movie just yeah. trying to figure out 
what the heck the plot was. <laughs> I took notes. I never yeah. took notes because I've been doing this for a really long time and I've never really needed the notes. And I, I did this time around because I want I, about 10 minutes in. I was like, OK, this is one of those movies where I'm going to have to write everything down because I need to be able to call back to terrible, terrible lines of dialogue and, you know, weird thoughts that I have as I'm trying to keep myself alive in this and, and whatnot. It doesn't make any sense. Before we move into the specific talk about this film, guys, and get your so get your thoughts ready regarding Age of Extinction, uh, however long those thoughts might be. But before we do that, Brian, I want to ask you, what was your experience like going back and watching the first three Transformers films? <laughs> and be all hundred yeah. percent honest with this. So, like I said, I have a I, early in the show. I, I have a major sickness. I have to. I, I just have to. I have to. If there's a sequel coming out. I feel a great need to watch whatever sh- whatever movies in the the franchise preceded it, even ones that I hate like this. But so I I did. I watched all three. I did not you know plow through them all at one time. I watched one and then a couple of days later came back and watched the other and uh, and then the third one I watched last night. And um, it is remarkable. It's remarkable how good the first one is compared to the three that have followed it and. That's not to say that the first Transformers is a good movie, you know, but yeah. it is uh, – I think it's substantially better than anything that uh, that has followed it. Um, and at best, that's a like a B minus at best. Yeah. Revenge of the Fallen is just inherently – just I think Revenge of the Fallen suffers from just very typical sequelitis to me. Like Transformers made $700 million, so we got we to pump out another one of these things. And I think it definitely so you can almost you could almost forgive that one for just being so blah and ho-hum because there's a lot of second movies that that's what they are. The third one, the third one is such an interesting thing because and I wrote that I looked back and looked at my review uh, from 2011 that I wrote because it is two completely separate movies that are crushed together uh, into into to one and it's also it's two hours and 35 minutes long so it's it's stupid long too but the first half of transformers dark of the moon is is one of the worst movies i've ever seen in my life and it's long enough to count as a as one whole movie and so if the movie ended at about an hour and a half long i might say that's one of the five worst movies i've ever seen in my life it's terrible and it's michael bay trying to show that he can be dramatic not just blow things up and it's excruciatingly painful the second half it finds this weird sweet spot where it michael bay does the one thing that he knows how to do well which is blow things up and it's it's relatively enjoyable in that second half if you hadn't seen the first half before that that just sucked your life force and makes you you know not want to be a part of the world let alone this movie um so it's it's an interesting it's an interesting thing dynamic between those two halves of uh, of a pretty bad movie, but yeah. So I gave what was what I don't know like eight and a half hours of my life to those those three movies before I went into this one. Um, so somebody come and take my shoelaces away or something. But uh, yeah, it's it was, they're not good. They're not good, and I feel like the third one should have been. That should have been it. We should have said as a as a society, as an industry, look, I know it made a lot of money, but we've got to stop this. We've got to put an end to the Michael Bay madness. 
Um, and, and here we are again, three years later. So <laughs> Richard, what were your thoughts on the other three, the Transformers franchise as a whole prior to this and keep your, keep trying to keep your thoughts prior to this. Cause I know your thoughts might've completely changed <laughs> after, after this experience, but yeah, this was my first foray. And you know, I saw Transformers in the theater when it came out. It was that like Oh seven. Yeah. Yes. And wow. Good job and there, buddy. Liked it and never saw it again. And so this was my first foray into this this magical universe in seven years. So uh, I had kind of a unique perspective on it, I think, than you guys. Uh, and I, let me tell you, I loved it. No. <laughs> <laughs> How great would it be if it took this weird turn and I was just <laughs> completely fascinated by the, uh, the story arc? <laughs> that was terrible. But... Uh yeah, so that's my my thoughts, Ken. I'm sorry, I don't I, I don't mean to disappoint. That's just that's all I got on it. Sure, I just I just didn't know that. I didn't. We hadn't discussed our Transformers love really before we we hopped on here. So I wanted to get y'all's background on this first. I just want to say I'm in the same boat as you, Richard. I really enjoyed the first Transformers movie. Maybe maybe the best Michael Bay besides like. Bad Boys One or something. I yeah. can't. I can't put a lot of Michael Bay movies in my head. I like uh, Armageddon. I like, some. I like The Rock. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I. I would say. I would ask you guys if you'd seen. If you, have you seen Bad Boys recently? No. It does not hold up well. Yeah. Okay. At all. I, it's really bad. I'm just uh, going I, off first. No. Impression. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I. I had the same thought, Kent, because I. I don't know. I saw it was on HBO or something a couple of years ago. Uh, and I was like, "Oh, Bad Boys! That was actually pretty good." And I, I watched it, and it, no, it, it doesn't, it doesn't work at all anymore. I don't think. I, yeah. So Transformers and The Rock, I would say, are the the cream of the crop, if you will, of sure. Michael Bay films. Okay, hey, watch this cream of the crap. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Yahtzee. That's Woo. why they call me a pro. I just want to say that I did enjoy the first one, and. And like there's there's a lot to like about the first one I think you know it's our real first real introduction to Shia you know post holes holes I was about to say even Stevens Shia LaBeouf you know <laughs> post Disney Channel Shia LaBeouf and he became a star with that film absolutely became a star with that film but he's and not famous anymore he's not he does have a Brad Pitt movie a war, a war film coming out yeah, later this good. year that looks pretty Fury. decent so yeah we'll have to see on a side note. I heard Shia LaBeouf would not shower for the entire length of filming Fury, and they almost kicked him off the movie. <laughs> like insane. he refused to take one shower just <laughs> just because he's crazy. So Shia became sort of this this big star with that. We also got introduced to Megan Fox then, who has you know pretty much gave Michael Bay the middle finger after Revenge of the Fallen. It's like I'm out, peace, and I don't blame her at this point. You know, yeah, was, uh, she's looking like the really bright one exactly which, uh, i don't think people would have had pinned after the first uh transformers <laughs> exactly yeah. she's probably still on good terms with michael bay because she was cast in ninja turtles yeah. later this year so True. i thought they were on horrible terms with each other and they would never even have their names associated with each other again but i was wrong so the first one had a lot to like i specifically i think the opening scene of that was really cool when the yeah when the Decepticon helicopter comes down and it was, it had me right from the beginning. And we get this, this iconic scene of the transformer Autobot coming out of the pool, which is sort of an iconic shot. When you think you start to th really think about it, 
So that movie had a lot to like. It had um, it had Bernie Mac, guys. True. <laughs> uh, rest in peace. Rest in peace. Yeah. God rest your soul. So I enjoyed the first one. I was super hyped for Revenge of the Fallen. <laughs> I was like, it, it's got to be better, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I don't get about Michael Bay. He never learns from his mistakes. No, and he has no interest in learning from yeah. his mistakes. He He's very brazen about... I'm going to make the movie that I want to make, and you can't say anything about it to the contrary because you idiots keep buying it. So why would I change? You're absolutely right. You're exactly right, Brian. He he was quoted as saying somebody asked him a question about. So what do you think the what do you think about all the haters uh, of the of you and uh, of this this film, Michael Bay? And he was like, he said, um, well, they love to hate. They'll hate all they want. But they're going to go see the movie. <laughs> yeah. And he's not yeah. wrong. That's right. I mean, <laughs> we all sat, three of us paid. We, we all paid money. Yeah. We sat 165 in it. By the way, I've, I've learned to not go opening weekend for, for any movie that – I don't want my, my credit card to be associated with the opening weekend statistic. <laughs> I've learned that. Yeah. And I just – so history can – if they go back and look, all right, who are the idiots that went, went and watched it? Never <laughs> yeah. going to find my name on that list. I feel great about that. Always pay cash, at least. Yay money. Yay money. And straight cash, homie. Yeah. I, was, I was really excited for Revenge of the Fallen. Don't know why. I was so let down with that. I, I told myself I was going to swear off Transformers forever after that. It was It's unmentionable. We could do a whole other hour on just Revenge of the Fallen's awfulness. And so Dark of the Moon came along, and I was suckered in again. <laughs> Went and saw it opening night, IMAX, I, I, if I remember correctly. <laughs> and surely, Michael Bay, surely this time you've learned your lesson, and we're not going to get something like Revenge of the Fallen. We didn't get that, and he sort of tried to ground that movie in something other than just random bullcrap. Like, there is sort of... Uh, an interesting premise in the dark of the moon theory. That's been a theory for years sure. yeah. with the Apollo 11 missions and all that. So I understand that. And that's what intrigued me about going to see it. So the first act comes along and it's some of the worst <laughs> stand in work I've ever seen. Yeah. The people that they get to play the presidents. Right. Look nothing like the presidents they're portraying. And <laughs> there's a scene where they have John F. Kennedy and his face is morphing the whole time because oh. they did try to do a face replacement or something. And I didn't notice it the first time that I saw it, but it came on FX or something. They were running a Transformers marathon uh, opening weekend of, of Age of Extinction. And I caught I caught Dark of the Moon. I was like, I'm going to give this I'm going to see if this is really as bad as I remember it. And it was <laughs> I turned it off. Guys, I didn't make it through even the first act. It's, it's awful. The first act of, of Dark of the Moon is it is truly atrocious. It, it is. It, it really is. And so what most offended me about that movie was the running time. <laughs> and so we get to Age of Extinction, and I don't know anything about it. And I think to myself, Michael Bay, surely, <laughs> surely <laughs> you have learned your lesson. <laughs> Fool me once. I don't understand. That was the main complaint about... Freaking dark of the moon was the Double running down, time, baby. Double what what is going through his mind? I don't understand. So that was going to be the last one. Dark of the moon was supposed to be it, but of course it made a crap ton of money. 
So Paramount and Hasbro, hey, Michael, we really need another one of these. I mean, just come on. Come on, man. So a great experience was had between Michael Bay and Mark Wahlberg on the set of acclaimed character piece, Pain and Gain. Gosh. Awful movie. So bad. (laughs) You saw it? So bad. Oh, yeah, I did. I did. And it is. (laughs) Look, it's right on par with just about everything else that that he's done. It's it's terrible. Wildly sexist and terrible. Yes. And and (laughs) here's something that this is a big Michael Bay thing. It really hit me with Pain and Gain and and here as well. I'll compare it even to like Robert Zemeckis. Um, I don't. One of the reasons why I don't think Robert Zemeckis has been as successful in the post, I guess, Forrest Gump landscape is because I, I think he has a really off kilter sense of humor. Like the things that he finds funny, I really, truly do not. And I think it yes. turns people off, maybe even a little bit subconsciously. Like there's this scene in Castaway when uh, after they found Tom Hanks and their, his coworkers are like throwing a party for him and they serve seafood at this party like he's been lost on a freaking desert like an island in the middle of the ocean the only thing he's eaten is coconuts and seafood and they thought oh this would be really funny and to me that was like a that that soured me on the entire film (laughs) seriously and and there's other moments like that uh there's stuff like that in flight as well that just like he doesn't understand what is actually funny and or or doesn't understand how to do dark comedy one or the other i don't i don't know which it is and michael bay is totally the same way like he doesn't there's a scene in pain and gain where the rock and and Wahlberg they are trying to i think they're trying to get rid of tony shalhoub characters he's still alive and he like gets out the back of the van i don't remember exactly anymore i've only seen it once and it was awful but they run him over four or five times and it's played for hygiene hilarity comedy not like dark comedy at all it's like oh this is hilarious this guy's literally his face is getting crushed by a van isn't that funny and <laughs> and there's a it's the same in 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 all of these transformers movies but this one even more so there's these little moments where you're like that's not that's not funny and 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 it it kills any sort of momentum that you're starting to get towards this movie or any of the other movies. Pain and Gain is the one that that really hit it. But like so, there's my Pain and Gain rant. Sorry. So Mark Wahlberg said, "Just had an awesome experience making <laughs> that was Pain so and fun. Gain. It was that just was great. another one. That was so great. <laughs> Let's hang out. You but- seen the Perfect Storm? <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you seen it? Have you seen it? Say hi to your mother for me." <laughs> that's so great he had a Everyone great guy's head can you believe that that's so awesome don't don't watch planet of the apes okay do me a favor yeah. <laughs> james franco who would have thought james franco better than me in that you know <laughs> who would have thought yeah that's true he had a great experience he said I, but i'm convinced michael fun. michael pulled him aside and was like hey mark yeah we're making this this t4 i just want to <laughs> cut you a deal okay i'll give you 25% of opening weekend. <laughs> sure. If you yeah. do it, you know, there's no way that there wasn't some kind yeah. of that merchandising. Pays for a lot of boardwalk points. empire. I'll tell you what. <laughs> sure. You know what I'm saying? We got the entourage movie coming out next year. <laughs> That's going to be big. Andy Samberg. Hey, Michael, you, Hey, Michael, you watch entourage? <laughs> yeah. It's the only show I watch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tried to get Matt sh- Dillon for the lead role. Couldn't get him. <laughs> Jeremy Piven's not available. <laughs> so he had a great experience. Said he had a great experience. He, that's, he made that up, obviously. 
This is clearly a cash grab for yeah. in all aspects. There's yeah, exactly. no way this any part of this movie was was anything but a cash grab. Right. Because well, I mean, he is expertly cast as a nerdy inventor that lives in a garage <laughs> in Texas. <laughs> Come on. He basically plays Wayne Zelinsky from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> now, he grew up, Wahlberg grew up, correct me if I'm wrong, right next to McConaughey in Longview, right? Sure, sure. They're from the, the same neighborhood? Yeah, their accents are nearly identical. Just dead on, yeah. My so, wife was like, who should play this role? Like, I was complaining about the miscast. She was like, well, who, who would you have play the role? I was like, I don't know, Greg Kinnear? Somebody, <laughs> just not Mark Wahlberg. That's the important part. Yeah, why does that scientist have 33-inch guns? <laughs> he does, he does seem to work out a lot. lot of, yeah. yeah, he's bailing a lot of hay in Texas. Oh, but don't forget, he's don't, don't worry. He's going to remind us 27 times in the movie, but I'm an inventor. You're an inventor like me. Like, oh, man. But his daughter brought protein shakes on the trip, <laughs> guys. So maybe he does work out a lot. Okay. <laughs> protein shakes. Oh, oh, geez. It's the only food Michael Bay's had in 30 years. So. <laughs> it's true. So let's get into specifics, guys. Let's start talking about this movie. <laughs> Here we are, 45 <laughs> minutes into this conversation. Gosh, I don't even know where to start. I, I think the only way I can start is by playing a song, okay? All right. I'm so, excited. Here we go. <laughs> That, that actually made the movie better. Yeah. Soundtrack. Every fight scene. I don't know. Just... The imagine, all the Imagine Dragons stuff is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I was bummed about the lack of Ford of Georgia line, though. <laughs> Not you know, nearly as much Linkin Park as the first three movies. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. To be honest, only reason I stayed all, all two hours, 40 minutes was waiting for Linkin Park. So, <laughs> that's, that's what I loved about the old Transformers movies. You go for Megan Fox but you stay for Lincoln Park. <laughs> and they never let me down. So first act made no sense whatsoever. Well, setup was okay. <laughs> this is the slowest setup in the history of summer blockbuster action movies. When did you get so stuck up, Kent? I don't know. Speak highly of it, Richard. Go ahead. I don't know. No, there's nothing to say. It was terrible. It was so slow. And a lot of wide farm shots. So I appreciate yeah. that. It was. It was one big scenic. Uh, at the beginning, I got to say, I was surprised to see my boy, T.J. Miller, <laughs> Miller, in this movie. What is going on right now? Keep getting them checks, baby. Yep. And in my opinion, he sort of held it together in the beginning. <laughs> he, He's clearly the best part. He, so he was like, clearly we, the only good part gotta about get this the, guy first, out of here. Get, the first yeah. 40 minutes of the movie. Yeah. And, okay, spoilers now for Age of Extinction. They kill T.J. Miller in the first 40 minutes. <laughs> By the way, 40 minutes, 40 minutes in this movie is like seven minutes in another movie. So Exactly. Yeah. Sure. So he was fine. He was fun. He, he adds humor to anything, and they kill him off for no reason. And they don't show him die. They just show this, the most Michael Bay-y <laughs> shot of all time. Seriously, the most cliche shot I've ever seen. Yeah. And in his movies where there, it's slow-mo and there's an explosion and they're running away from an explosion. And uh, I guess T.J. Miller gets caught in the explosion, which they don't really show. But uh, the girl, the daughter, Tess, I believe her name is in the movie. She says, but what about what, what, what was his name? Lucas. What about Lucas? He died. 
So they had to, I mean, it's seriously almost like TJ Miller's like, guys, I'm out. Please yeah. just, just kill me off. I got this I'm, show I'm not... on HBO. Can y'all just let me get yeah, out of this? Exactly. That had to have happened or something. They had to have written him out of this movie. But he shot some stuff and it was good. So they kept it. What, what he was in. He was the only part I enjoyed of this. Uh, how did you, how did you feel about the first act, Brian? Oh boy. The setup. I loved that it starts off with Wahlberg and TJ Miller uh, rolling through like an old abandoned theater because I felt like that was great symbolism for what Michael Bay is doing to movies right now. <laughs> like it's this just just trashed out theater. I love that we got Mark Wahlberg displaying that he can sh- he can throw a football because I think that's in his contract. He always has to either throw a football or shoot a <laughs> basketball in every uh, every movie. In my notes, I just wrote exposition with a big exclamation point like seven times in the first act. Uh, things where the daughter is walking home and uh, and is looking at a financial aid letter that we can clearly says see says like denied and denied with a stamp. Yeah. And she goes, ah, no financial aid. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> um, I love that we got a like, glimpse of a newscast in which somebody was talking about the destruction of Chicago in uh, the, the third Transformers movie, which drew a lot of flack for like, dude, you literally just killed billion, millions of people. And uh, the newscaster says that 1,300 people died in the complete and total destruction of Chicago. So clearly, I guess there weren't that many people in Chicago well, in fairness, there was, the, there was a Cubs game in some overall. <laughs> That's true. That could be it. Tess's Texan accent disappears in about four minutes which is mm-hmm. an interesting choice to that i say who cares i agree but just don't start with it don't don't give me and and the the guy and i don't even know the dude's name he was terrible jack rayner who oh, plays yes. the, the boyfriend which i've got lots to to say about him but uh his accent is just all over the place and i yeah. <laughs> i don't i'm not somebody who cares like it never bothered me that kevin costner is clearly super American in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves or whatever. Like that stuff doesn't bother me as long as you don't make an attempt. The main bad guy in this film, I'm not going to call it a film. Let me retract that. The main bad guy in the movie, this (laughs) transformer that I don't, do we ever get a name for the bounty hunter transformer guy? I don't, I don't remember if there was. Lockdown. That was his. He name. looked like a tribal tattoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Version <laughs> of a transformer. That's nice. That's what per- he did. That's a perfect way to put it. Yeah, lockdown. I think is his his name. He transforms into like a Lamborghini or something. Just a super sweet sports car, and yet he can't catch up to Optimus Prime, who's like a beater eighteen wheeler. I don't. I don't understand that. Yeah, um, he doesn't have the heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. It's bad. This whole. It's not like the first act is any better than the second act or third act or or vice versa, but it's just such a crappy setup. And when you're skipping all over the place and we're getting like massive exposition in some parts and then but no plot development that makes any sense. But also we're taking time for Mark Wahlberg to chase off a realtor with a baseball bat and be maybe a little bit racist in the process. <laughs> um, and then we're going to stop down for six minutes of an explanation of what the Romeo and Juliet law is. I mean, come okay, on. Okay, okay, stop. This is what I was talking about with reshoots. They clearly went back and shot that scene. There's no way that that was in the original script. There's no way. They had to go back and be like, wait, people are going to be really upset with this 
clearly over 21 guy <laughs> dating this clearly 17, 16-year-old girl. We need to find a loophole here. So, <laughs> so they just put him in some bar set, or I don't even know what it was, where they were meeting. And they explain it. Well, in Texas, it's legal for this to happen. <laughs> just, it's legal. And Mark Wahlberg's talking about this guy in from Texas. He's he's got an Irish accent or something like that. Yeah. Did they write the script? Okay, we need to find a really hunky guy with an Irish accent. <laughs> that's the only qualification. So that's that's why I think it was reshoots. They had to go back and and explain his accent. I would say that it was one's so bad. the reverse because yeah, because that guy actually is sort of from Ireland. So maybe that was maybe you're right, Kent. That was a reshoot, but on the reverse of like we've got to do we got to talk about this guy being from Ireland because this doesn't make any sense. Like he just keeps bursting into an Irish accent at random spots throughout the movie. What's weird is that yeah, he was he was born in Colorado, but he was raised in Ireland, kind of. Yeah. My favorite part before we move on to everything but the intro of the movie. I know this might be our longest podcast of all time, but. That's okay. <laughs> it's the longest movie of all time, so it works <laughs> yeah, it's out. true. Let's do a 165-minute podcast, guys. <laughs> Let's marathon it. My favorite part about the setup was Mark Wahlberg and T.J. Miller go to find a, an old projector from a movie theater. <laughs> yeah. And they find a semi-truck <laughs> just parked in a movie theater. <laughs> just parked in him and the guy had no idea the owner of the theater was yeah. like what truck i mean <sighs> that makes absolutely no sense at all they could have gone to an old junkyard yes. or something yes <laughs> what is going on it was just so he could have the line yeah we used to show the old classics Nowadays, it's all sequels and remakes. Yeah. Bunch of crap. <laughs> just for that line, they had to put a semi-truck yep. in a movie theater. Great. <laughs> makes a lot of sense. That just makes me so furious. Yeah. And he's so clearly aware of a <laughs> oh, bunch this, of sequels, remakes, bunch of crap. This is, you know? this is a ama- just- I mean, this whole movie is a middle finger to every yes. idiot who goes to see it. Like us, you know? It, it's... At least we had the excuse of we had to see it because everybody in America went to see it. You know, I mean, we we're only doing this podcast because it made a hundred million dollars here. You know, like, yes, eh. you're right. It, Richard and I tried to veto this. I know. I just want to. I just want to put that on the record. Richard and I tried to, but Brian was adamant. I was. Guys, I was. we have to do this. We have to. We had. We, we did. To. We did. It's you're right. Sad, but it, we have to. Remember when we had to do Rise of what it was 300 Rise of the Empire because everybody went to see it. This is ten times <laughs> yeah. that. That right. one was good, though. Like, that was a good. Movie. <laughs> that was better than this. I'll say, <laughs> I had a better time than watching that than this. At least it was 165 minutes. That's exactly right. <laughs> right. At least Ava Green was in that one. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love the fact that Mark Wahlberg's has to explain the lack of mother. And yes. He says he says to his daughter Tess, the, "the the promise I made to your mama before she died was." My baby will graduate high school. <laughs> That's Such it. Okay, but honey, before you go, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> before you go, I just want you to know our daughter will graduate from high school. Oh, great, Mark. At least, awesome. the G- okay. at least the GED. At yeah. least. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It was that, so was that terrible. High. Yeah. Kelsey Grammer made an appearance, guys. I Another lo- action movie. Yeah, I loved it for about an hour and a half. It felt like. Uh, Kelsey Grammer and Stanley Tucci were in a who hates themselves the most contest. Why did I do this? What What am I doing here? And then John Goodman <laughs> swooped in and scored uh, the prize. 
we need, we're gonna have to put him on probation from American. I think Treasure. we should. It, yeah, we should like put an asterisk by for a year for people <laughs> that bring shame upon the title of American Treasure. Send us back the vest. You might get it back in a year or so. You you know what? I like some actors in this movie. I like Kelsey Grammer. I like a lot of actors in as this an movie. actor. I love Stanley Tucci. I do too. I like as an actor. You know who I really dig is uh, Titus Williver, the guy who plays oh the main agent that comes to Wahlberg's house. The, oh, the guy that says I had this line. Yeah. I had this line written down. Oh yeah, it's a great line. I know. Where's your warrant? <laughs> my face is my warrant. <laughs> yes, I really love that guy, but this I don't like him in this at all. I'm not at all. So, Kelsey Grammer starts out and says, where's Optimus Prime? And somehow, Optimus Prime gets that message. I don't know how, because he busts out of the barn. Yeah. And the first line he, he utters is, here I am! <laughs> dude, dude. Like the Kool-Aid man. How did that, how was that in the script at all? Here I am! <laughs> how did the guy that... That voice is Optimus Prime forever. Peter Cullen. Peter Cullen, correct. Peter Cullen. How did he agree to ninety percent of Optimus Prime's lines? His this is the worst Optimus Prime dialogue. Oh, by we've, far, we've ever gotten yeah. in a Transformers film yeah. easily. That's not saying a lot because it wasn't great in the other films. It was full of expo- exposition. No. But wow, rusted Optimus was terrible, awful. <laughs> My here's a question here, and you might be able to. Fill me in, Brian. When the Transformers, the Autobots, are traveling, why do they have to travel in a convoy? I don't. It, on the highway. It doesn't make any sense at all. And the most <laughs> easily seen convoy of all time, too. Like, they don't <laughs> disguise themselves at all. No, it's just, here we are. We're probably, you know, it's 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 all these prototypes for Chevy cars that have yet to be invented uh, or, or put out to the market. So probably look for those if you're trying to track them down. Right. And they, has anyone seen a Camaro that literally has not been made yet? Uh, it's in it's in Utah. Okay, that's probably where they are. That's the same thing with the first movie, the first Transformers, when we first see the new Camaro. Yeah, exactly. And it was like, at the time, it was like, whoa. Yeah. Like, that was really cool. And now those things are everywhere you look. Right. So you go back and watch that movie, and you're like, okay, that's not, that's just a, <laughs> one of those yeah. Camaros that are really played out. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's not really cool at all. But so they go down, they always go down the highway in a convoy in the, in like the flying V formation from the Mighty Ducks. (laughs) And it makes no sense. It makes, it's so easy for everybody to find them, the law enforcement, whatever. Ducks fly together. They do. Quack. 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 It makes it better. If if that scene would have had quacks, it would have been better. (laughs) Believe it or not. Gold. I guess when when Wahlberg and them escape their house in the first act, they go on this. Oh, and by the way, Jack Rayner is a race car driver yeah. or a stunt car driver. Rally car. Get it right, Ken. Oh, rally car. Yeah. Well, I, I forgot, but I do know that he just got picked up by Red Bull. So <laughs> that's good. <laughs> I wrote down twice that I can see. Maybe there's a third one in my notes, but I, at least twice. I wrote down essentially, oh, okay, now this guy's going to do something to make, you know, so that we know why he's in the movie. Like, he drives a car twice. That's literally his only role in the entire film. And being awful. I mean, he he's does that. He's terrible. Too. And I, I really enjoyed how he jumped back and forth 
literally from scene to scene, from being kind of a BA to being the biggest wuss on the planet. Like <laughs> in one scene, he says about the mouthwash that he stole, he says, I like to be fresh when I'm making out with your daughter. He just says yeah. that to Mark Wahlberg's face. And then within three minutes, he's freaking out about breaking into that facility that Stanley Tucci owns. Pick yeah. a side, dude. They they leave, and then there's a car chase <laughs> for 20 minutes, yeah. at least. And there's not one Transformer involved in the car chase. It was Need for Speed yes. for 20 minutes yes. with no Transformers. <laughs> it's just a that needs to go. Right. That, that Fast scene, and Furious knockoff at that point. It had to go. That scene had to be cut out, and maybe pacing would have, would have been helped a little bit. But at that point, it was still the first act. I was like, okay, well, it's been 49 minutes now, and I ha- haven't seen any Transformers fighting, or Dece- Decepticons haven't found the Autobots yet, which is the whole reason we're here. And, I mean, it just suffers from so many issues yeah. such as that. But. That was my main complaint about the first act was just the pacing was just horrific. I agree with you guys. John Goodman, I can't believe he was involved in this film. But it's, I mean, it's got to be tough to say no to this. You know it's going to be a huge movie, you know? You know that Jonah Hill was offered the sidekick role in Revenge of the Fallen? Gosh. The roommate role when when Whitwicky goes to college. <laughs> okay. That went to that Hispanic kid, yeah, you know? yeah. Good call, Jonah. How weird. Not worth is. the money, dude. And he said it was the hardest thing to say no to in his career, but looking back, he's fist pumping. Yeah. Look, he had to he, go make the sitter, okay? Stole my joke! <laughs> Brian. Sorry, dude. Two sides. <laughs> it, it almost was like John Goodman, okay, I'll do this dialogue, guys, but you really need to try to disguise my voice. Yeah. This yeah. story is pretty good. Also, I'm going to be there for two days tops. They probably paid him a couple million bucks. Yeah. Work two days for two million sounds good, guys. I'll not have to work for a few years. Right. I'll I'll, I'll see you guys in a Coen Brothers movie right. in four exactly. years. Yeah. See you guys later. My main issue with this film, and it's the one thing that I could understand about the plot. <laughs> and this is bad. This was, this was um, like if you gave an eight year old two Transformers and said, "Okay, write a movie about <laughs> these these <laughs> these uh these action figures." All right, well, this one's made of Transformers. Yes, yes. That's exactly <laughs> what I was about to, to talk about. That's my, uh, This is my favorite worst part of this movie because <laughs> I, <laughs> I just – I could see it coming. It was like it was like being in a car accident, you know, and there's like that, that 10 sec- – I don't know, five seconds right as the car's coming. You're looking in your rearview mirror and it's like, oh, that's going to hit me. You know it's coming. <laughs> when they started – Delving into the plot of the second act because it changes from act to act, like what the main focus of the uh, of the plot, or where the story is going. They started delving into it, and I was like, "Oh no, it's gonna!" They're totally yep, and there it is, Transformium. That's better or worse than Unobtainium? <laughs> I was just about to ask that. <laughs> so was I. That's exactly what I was going to say. Oh. I, uh, I don't know. I, if I were to invest in a precious metal, I don't know if it would be Transformium or Unobtainium. I don't know yet. It's it's a tough call, really. But gosh, man, I that also that was another to me just a, another great example of Michael Bay. Just you know what? Screw you guys. I will do what I want. I know that James Cameron took crap for this, but I don't care. It's Transformium. They've they've clearly thrown out <laughs> everything from the first three for the worse. Yeah. 
Transformium does not exist. I, I wrote the line down here. It says, we can change anything into anything. <laughs> well, that's not broad at all, guys. <laughs> no, they're not made of Transformium. What they're made of is car parts. Yeah. If you know anything about Transformers, that's what they are. Yeah. They but, transform from cars. But don't, don't don't worry. What we really are concerned about is that we can transformium transformium into Beats by Dre pills because that's <laughs> that's the important part. We got to get that product placement in. Yeah, <laughs> the the product placement in this was just so offensive. There was a there was an Autobot that was an Oreo truck. Yes, yes, <laughs> an Oreo delivery truck Autobot. Yeah, mind blowing. And let's not forget the scene where the where the Bud Light truck flips over <laughs> and we and we have to get a shot of Bud Light cans simmering yeah in the heat mm. that 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 just mm. that made me not want Bud Light first <laughs> of all so much wasted time with Wahlberg and his daughter yes how many times they're in the middle of an action scene where he's just so concerned about that dude dating his daughter yeah let it go man the apocalypse is happening. Exactly. You're being chased by a bunch of giant robots. Other these things can wait, you know. Yeah. I, Did, here here's my here's my best idea for uh for this movie. Cut out literally all of the dialogue and the talking scenes <laughs> and just do a supercut of the action sequences. It'll probably be, I don't know, between 75 and 90 minutes long and I don't think anybody who likes these movies would complain about that, honestly. Sure. No, I wouldn't at all. It couldn't make it worse. No. That's for sure. Did you notice the Big Lebowski quote in this? I didn't. I missed it. No. Uh, Bumblebee. No. He goes, whoa, calm down, Bumblebee. I'm perfectly calm, dude. <laughs> Plays the clip from of Walter Sobchak. Because Bumblebee still can't talk, by the way. They still oh, haven't figured so out. Fix that, yeah. <laughs> fix that from the first film. Any day now. Hey, I'm, I'm confident. But but his eyes can apparently print an ID card. So there's that. <laughs> That's true. I, when did that? I, I mean, gosh. Apparently, the Decepticon ships have mesh netting. <laughs> did you notice that? Just the standard net that you would go to Lowe's to buy. They got those pre-installed on all the Decepticon ships to to pull people into them. Yeah. That they pulled Mark. Wahlberg's daughter into the ship with a mesh net. To Greatness. Be, to be clear, Kent, though I don't think those are Decepticons. Oh, they're not. Okay, my yeah. bad. No, no. Here's the thing, though. You're you would be right to think that, but I think, and I'm not 100 percent unsure on this, but I think that that whole group, like Lockdown, and the the that whole gang that catches optimus and puts them on yeah. the ship and everything i think there's that that guy's supposed to be like a bounty hunter basically i think that that's what oh, it's implied okay. but it's never made clear which is a major major plot issue the whole ship that they're on is like a prison ship but i don't think that is clear either until right towards the end of the movie when we get this big payoff for something that we didn't know was we were waiting for that's quite confusing. Yes, I could not tell if yeah. if Kelsey Grammer's character was on the good side or bad side <laughs> yeah. the entire movie. It's never it's divulgent. Ridiculous. Yeah, and and most of the important plot exposition is uh, is stated through the gargled voice of a robot. So that helps. Um, it'd be kind of like if The Dark Knight Rises, if the entire movie was explained by Bane. <laughs> 
Oh, man, I wouldn't have. <laughs> I couldn't have made it. Yeah. I could not have made it through that. Something else I don't understand, plot hole. Mark Wahlberg finds a a case of alien weapons. Yeah. I don't know why alien guns in movies are designed for humans. <laughs> They're spying on us, and they saw our designs for guns. Okay, we need a long barrel. We need a trigger capable of being fired by a human. Yeah. Because he just picks up the gun and just starts sniping people with it, with an alien gun. Right. You know? That's what I loved about District 9. Yes, yeah, totally. Was that you have to be an alien to fire this gun. <laughs> that was randomly a really groundbreaking thing in sci-fi. Okay, so we get into the third act, guys. And we go to Hong Kong. Richard, what, <laughs> at what point did you bail out? Like, what was the last thing you kind of saw? Gosh, I think the kind of last big set piece. I, I think I made it a solid two hours. It was when Optimus kind of his return in the third act. Okay. Kind of thing. So we get to Hong Kong. Clearly another cash grab. Yeah. Clearly just something so they could sell this movie to China. Yeah. And by the way, this movie is, is making more in China than it is here. It made $90 million in China first weekend. You know that they cut together a trailer of just only footage from Hong Kong. And they, they have a samurai Autobot just for that as well, just to appease the Chinese audience. So Michael Bay is smart. I got to give him that. He knows how to make money, doesn't really know how to make a movie. That's good. But So this was supposed to be the last Transformers film that he did, or I mean, Dark of the Moon was supposed to be the last one that he did, but you know what he did? He said he did Paramount a favor by by doing this one, starting off this new series, and um, just passing the torch to somebody that can really take this this series and and turn it into something great. So, who do you guys think, J.J. Abrams? Um, <laughs> I'm holding out for Quentin Tarantino. Mm, yeah, Transformers like Five. Yeah. You know? That's a good. good. Wes Anderson might be good too. (laughs) Can't be worse. Can't be worse. So what are we gonna do with all these finding robots, man? (laughs) Starring Owen Wilson (laughs) and Tilda Swinton. (laughs) Tilda Swinton. (laughs) Like this wild thing. Like this robot's coming at me, and like I don't really know how to fight this other robot over here. And you know, it's sort of a wild thing, man. We get a good hour in Hong Kong at the end. Yep, that's what I heard. Oh man, it is just assault. I mean, it should be illegal. The the amount of eye torture that I went through in this I mean, I was I was struggling, guys. <laughs> my eyes were I had to look away from the screen just to rest my eye. I didn't even see this in 3D. I cannot imagine uh, anyone no, seeing this either. in 3D. No. And uh, see Oh my goodness. That would cause I don't even have epilepsy and I feel like I'd have a seizure. Before we wrap this up, we've been going way too long. We did not enjoy this movie really at all, I don't think. <laughs> but I want to ask you, just to be sure, was there anything you liked about this, Brian? Uh, there's less casual racism than the other three movies. <laughs> there was. Still, so, still some, just less. Still there some, was. But, but less. No. <laughs> some of the visuals are are Michael bay and and cool, but... There's just – it's so much bad stuff. In the third act, we get gems of dialogue like 
today I grant you your freedom, and from now on you are commanded by me. So which which one is it? Do we, are we free or are we commanded by? I, I don't I don't really know. We made it like two and a half hours into this movie without any Dinobots, even though that was the main thing that they pushed. That's you, the only thing that helped me through. Yeah, every I trailer. Like, I gotta see the Dinobots. And there's like giant Dinobot standups inside theaters and inside like Target and stuff and. They're in the movie for about three minutes, and it doesn't make any sense. Like that's there's this massive mythology surrounding them that we we have no reason why we should understand it. I thought that the special effects looked bad down the stretch. I, it looked like, almost like they ran out of money, um, which is great. My favorite part of the whole movie, though, uh, and I mean this in all sincerity, of course. I, I believe Richard, you probably missed this, so I'm gonna enlighten you. Wahlberg is fighting the uh, CIA guy. Uh, Titus Williver inside high up in a in a I don't know a, a pretty ghetto Chinese apartment and uh, the way that he defeats him is he reaches back and finds a football in China and oh throws it into the guy's face and knocks him through a window those because, are everywhere though yeah footballs are just hanging out inside slums of Chinese apartments right that's pretty normal for yeah. everybody no okay no there's nothing <laughs> this is there's I I really don't think there's anything to like about this movie beyond beyond the the visuals that and, and the explosions and whatnot. They're you know they're impressive for what they are, but that's it's it's ho hum at this point, right? Like we 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 know we're gonna get that from Michael Bay movie. How about one that has some sort of a cohesive storyline? I just don't. I just don't understand. No, I, I, words can't even begin to describe my feelings. Yeah of confusion yeah on that front oh, at um, least try yeah and by know? the way at the end of the movie uh much in the same way that bumblebee can somehow now create id cards with his eyes optimus prime can fly never does that in the yes. movie when he's fighting all these things but at the end he definitely flies into space so yeah <laughs> that's a that's a new development my favorite line and it closes the film <laughs> from optimus Leave planet Earth alone. <laughs> Just a gem of a line. Yeah. Just must have taken hours to think of that. And one more that I've written down. Some some Autobot, I don't know who it was. I can't remember. Somebody says, I'm a wicked warrior robot. <laughs> yeah. Direct quote. At some point, the John Goodman Autobot says, I'm like a fat ballerina that takes guns and slits throats. <laughs> So, you know, wow. somebody should make a loop of uh, of Optimus saying leave planet Earth alone for like, I don't know, maybe 165 minutes and send it to Michael Bay. <laughs> oh, man, that that's funny. <laughs> it's not worse than this. <laughs> but, man, I just want to say, Michael, stop, please. Uh, to quote Linkin Park. I'm one step closer to the edge, <laughs> and I'm about to break. <laughs> Any closing thoughts on this, guys, at all? It's hard to put thoughts um, about something after the fact when zero thoughts were put before the fact. <laughs> and on that note... I'm going to grade it. And uh, let's grade this movie. I'm going to give it a straight F minus minus minus, <laughs> my favorite score. Brian. F. Yeah, F. First F of the year, I think. I don't know. I probably gave an F to draft day. 
So it's, yeah, it's right on par with the best of the year. I give this two draft days down. I'm going to give it an F. I, I think I gave Carrie an M. So I think that's still the worst. <laughs> yeah. It's the worst grade I've given. But wow, what a what a terrible experience this was. And this is coming, let's be clear, guys, from people who enjoyed the first Transformers. Yeah. There's no there's I had hope. And I, I had like so much this, hope. I like dumb, big, dumb, loud action movies. I do. I really do. It's just you gotta you gotta have at least some attempt. You I don't know. Like you said, it, it just feels like this whole movie is just is just Michael Bay flipping us off. So it really is. With Mark Wahlberg, yeah, which explains the hundred million dollar supposedly opening. Yeah, it's Transformers, but this one has Mark Wahlberg, right? Exactly. So that's why everyone genius gave move it a on shot. their part. Genius. Oh, move. genius! And by Wahlberg, he's rolling this weekend. He's he's in Barbados right now on a beach. <laughs> yeah, just loving life. Let's move on and let's hit weekly recommends. Weekly recommends. Okay, Brian, kick us off. Yeah, I'm gonna give you. A, it seems it seems right to go with a product, and while we're talking about a movie that is just chock full of product placement, I don't think I've ever done this before. This weekend, I was uh, at the coast with some friends and, and my wife. We rented a beach house down there uh, in in the Galveston area. Well, and, uh, I know, dude. I'm Rich. pretty well off. <laughs> Church money pays for a lot. Of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm so poor. Anyway. Uh, we were down there, and I got down there on Thursday night, and the place did not have cable or satellite like it said it did. Fortunately, I had brought my Chromecast with me. Uh, I don't know if you, either of you guys have a have a Chromecast. I haven't really used it that much since I bought it. It was just one of those, well, this is such a cool piece of technology, and it's pretty cheap, so I should get it. I use it for like HBO Go stuff uh, when I'm watching Game of Thrones or whatever, but I really haven't used it that much. I plugged it in the TV and it was just the coolest thing ever. I was so impressed with how well it worked and how we didn't have the best uh, Wi-Fi service in the house that I've ever encountered. Um, but even still had very, very little problems. Watch World Cup games on it all weekend thanks to the Watch ESPN app. Uh, watch Netflix, other TV shows, watch the draft, uh, all this sort of stuff. Uh, that, and our, it rained a lot on the weekend too, so our entire weekend probably would have completely sucked without uh, without the little handy invention of the Chromecast. So, kudos to Google once again, um, and really cool invention. If you don't have it, uh, I would, it's like thirty or thirty five bucks, and it's pretty. I don't know. It, it, it definitely saved my weekend. So it's uh, it, if nothing else, it's nice to kind of like have in the bag if you're going someplace uh, and kind of cover your bases. But uh, yeah, that's a kind of an odd uh, recommend, I guess. But uh, I'm gonna go with the uh, the Google Chromecast this week. Awesome! I don't have one, but I do have Apple TV, which has that feature. Called, sure, it's called AirPlay. Yeah. So it has the you can look something up on your iPad, iPhone, and just right. shoot it over to the TV. I, I can't even tell you how many times a day I use that. It's dozens. Yes. I mean, any YouTube video that I watch when I'm at my house, it's through that. Right. And. I use it mainly for YouTube, honestly. Yeah. Everything is on YouTube. I've watched doc- so many documentaries on there. I went on like a David Letterman kick a couple, you know, when, when Letterman announced his re- retirement and probably spent three hours just on YouTube and Apple TV doing that, watching old Letterman. And, and I'll do Siskel and Ebert a lot too. And just what a great, 
product. I mean, it's, I'm assuming it's Google's version of that. So yeah, what a great little product that is. It really is super handy, super cool. People don't realize how cool it is till you get it. You're like, wow, why didn't I have this (laughs) the whole time? It's great. I would suggest anyone, the Apple TV is 99 bucks, but it comes with apps built in. I think it comes with, you know, the Apple iTunes store built in and the whole Apple system, but the Chromecast is what thirty thirty nine dollars. I think it was thirty five, and I got it for thirty. Like you know, Staples or something had it on uh-huh. sale, so thirty bucks. There's no cert, you know, no monthly fees or anything like that. The only thing that it doesn't work well with is iTunes, that which is a total bummer, and I'm sure they'll never work together because that's just yeah. you know kind of the way of it. But everything else that we needed, I mean, I, I, the and the picture that probably was the most impressive thing to me. The picture quality is amazing, even on kind of shady Wi-Fi like we had this weekend. Uh-huh. Like we watched – I probably watched five World Cup games uh, over the course wow. of the weekend just from stream – throwing from my phone to Chromecast. Um, and uh, it and it looked it looked fantastic. So I'm surprised really- that ESPN – and this is not off, kind of off topic, but that they could handle the bandwidth for those World Cup streams. It crashed a couple of times or it paused. Uh, you know, like uh-huh. I don't know, maybe – in a course of a soccer game, maybe it paused five or six times for 10 or 20 seconds. You know, nothing, yeah. you know, enough to where you're like, oh, that kind of sucks, but nothing like super frustrating or anything. Um, and, and then it popped right back on and, uh, and looked fantastic. So, well, I'm, I'm happy cool. for you, Brian. I'm glad you yeah, have that. Cool. I'm glad I'll send fun. you a lot more videos to watch now that I, Sweet. I never Sweet. knew you had that. So I wouldn't send you like long form stuff that you, wouldn't want to watch on your iPhone or something. So yeah, 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 totally. So yeah. I will, I will do that for sure. And what's cool about it is it's the size of like a USB drive. Yeah, exactly. It just plugs right into exactly. the HDMI input. So very portable. Great recommend. I'm gonna do a recommend. Um, <laughs> this might be. It could be the best movie of all time. And so I feel it's applicable to recommend a great, great movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, this movie just came on Netflix today. I saw. Super happy that it's on there. I don't know if you have seen it, but it really shows you what you can do with a simple setup, simple premise, one setting, great acting, dialogue. I don't know if you have seen the movie 12 Angry Men, guys. Oh, yeah. yeah. Never seen that? Yo, absolutely. Yeah, that's a fantastic movie. Absolutely mind-blowingly good. It's about a jury that can't decide on a verdict. And it's it's really just one take. It could be, you know, you could do it. it they, they've done play versions of it mm-hmm. a, a yeah, bunch of times. Live. I've seen it live a few times. It's awesome. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, this honestly could be the best movie of all time. I, I would not argue anyone that says it is. And it's on Netflix. It is spectacular. And I just want to suggest anyone who hasn't seen it, and you feel like you're a movie buff or that you really enjoy films, it's a must see for anyone that considers themselves serious about movie watching. So it's on Netflix guys. Check it out. If you haven't seen it, it's free to watch. If you have a Netflix subscription, of course it's really short and I think it's an hour, 20 minutes, something like that. And just fantastic, really interesting, spectacular acting. Can't recommend it highly enough. So complete opposite of edge of extinction. (laughs) I'm going to recommend 12 angry men. It's a great recommend, and if you if you watch it for the first time, especially and you and you dig it, uh, go buy the Criterion. I was just about it. to ask: Is there a Criterion uh, of it? There is, and it's okay. it, all. Cri- we should put that out to the listener. Uh, all Criterion 
DVDs and Blu-rays are uh, half price on BarnesandNoble.com right now. So check that out too if you're if you've been waiting like like I have on Barnes and Noble, which so means they're normal price everywhere else. It's a little bit <laughs> less. It's less than Amazon. Like I think all pretty much all Blu-rays were like twenty bucks. Um, whereas Amazon, you know, like uh, I need to get a new copy of uh, uh, what was I getting? Uh, Royal Tenenbaums. So I'm going to order a Criterion, and it's like twenty six or twenty eight dollars on Amazon. So it's a little okay. bit of a savings. Yeah. All righty. Well, I have to tell this story anytime somebody mentions Barnes and Noble. Just before we, Richard gives his recommend, I was in there. <laughs> Uh, the bookstore at my university when I was in college had it was a Barnes and Noble. Yeah, it, Barnes and Noble has actually been pretty smart about buying up college bookstores because that's really their only chance at surviving at a physical store location is being on campus where kids seriously have to go spend hundreds of dollars on books. So I go in there my first semester of college, and Moneyball had just come out on DVD <laughs> 2011. I was like, okay, well. I really like Moneyball. I might buy this. <laughs> it's like on the counter, you know, right by the register. They have a little stack there. I look at the price. DVD, guys, not Blu-ray, $39.99. <laughs> no joke. I, I asked the lady, the cashier, I said, is this the price of, of this DVD? She's like, yeah. And I faked an aneurysm. I'm not kidding. On the de- I collapsed onto the floor. I could not believe thirty nine ninety nine something that's an eleven dollar movie at Walmart. Yeah, <laughs> the same day I could go a mile away and get it for not even half that. You know, it was so I could not believe the markups on some of their products there. But you know what? They're trying to stay in business, so more power to them. <laughs> Richard knows about bookstores trying to stay in business. I I believe. But word on that note, Richard weekly recommend. Well, Brian, you took a little of the wind out of my sails, but uh, I was going to recommend with the Criterion sale um, oh, going bad, on. At, no, how dare you? With the Criterion sale going on at uh, Barnes & Noble, I picked up two yesterday. Exciting. And uh, Criterions are always expensive everywhere. So it's the one thing at Barnes & Noble where you don't feel when there is a sale, you're like, okay, this is reasonable. But, uh, you guys know I like um, <clears throat> I love uh, Charlie Chaplin, and I got another Charlie Chaplin movie, uh, Gold Rush, Ooh. which just was released uh, last year. And uh, watched it pop that bad boy in yesterday, and really, really enjoyed it. You know, if you're, if you, it seems kind of the thing about Chaplin is that it's, it's kind of a universal language, and that's what's kind of great about silent films is it kind of can translate to anyone, and it's kind of a, you know, it's almost like a dance in a way. And uh, this is a really, I think, one of his masterpieces. You know, this Great Dictator, and uh, I guess Modern Times are the biggies. City Lights, City Lights. Yeah, sorry, missed that one. Uh, the, those are the four biggies. So, I like the Immigrant. Uh, the Immigrant's my favorite. But yeah, that's a shorter one. That's not a full. Yeah, that's not a that's not a feature. Uh, but definitely, you know, whether you want to check out uh, Gold Rush or not, you should check out this uh, Criterion sale because there's a lot of great movies and they're kind of collectible items that you may want to hold on to for a long time. And yeah, especially if you're just switching over to Blu-ray, you might as well kind of start with the very best stuff and the best transfers and the the coolest cover art and all these things. And they, yeah. they look good on a shelf. And also one more thing on the criterion, they are now all streaming every criterion movie on Hulu plus. Boom. Big time. So if you're, that's Hulu, worth a, worth an account there, I think. Yep. Seven ninety nine a month. You can watch any criterion edition, uh, in HD quality that you would like. Wow. 
They so, they also recently on the note of Criterion, they just released the Hard Day's Night Blu-ray. Criterion, yes, I'm getting that next week, which I really want to, which I really want to get, and I probably will while this sale is going on. So yeah. if you're listening to this podcast the week it's posted, sale is probably still happening. So hop yeah, on. Yeah, goes through uh, goes through the 28th. Okay, 28th of July. Yes. Okay. Great. Good recommends, guys. Fun times. Great podcast. Always great, great talking. Great movie. <laughs> we we honestly do have more to talk about with a disaster film um than we do with a movie that we all really like it's just it's just us complimenting each other basically if if it's an oscar worthy film it's not much to talk about other than hey it was really cool it was good i liked it yeah. but i mean we could i could go on i didn't even get through half my notes i don't think with this it was just a disaster in all in all forms of that word so um, Brian Gill, let me ask you, where can I find your work on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at bgill12, and you can find my writing at canbabiesdrinkredbull.com. Richard, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Richard Barton. Kent, where can you find? Where can I find you, rather? You can find me on Twitter at Kent Garrison. And you can find me and all three of us on this show online on iTunes, on TuneIn Radio, on Swell, on Stitcher, and on our website at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. And on that note, guys, until next time, I will see you at the cinema. Bye! Bye. Bye. Bye.